Hi, I'm Elise Kennedy. Welcome to Jardin's Startup Tech Series, where we host entrepreneurs, venture funds, and technology companies on trends across the industry. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Kieran Warwick, the founder of blockchain gaming disruptor, Illuvium Games. Now, I might have said that wrongly, <laughs> so please, Kieran, correct me. Did I say it right? Uh, close enough. It's, uh, it's Illuvium, but tough one to, to get off the tongue. I feel like this is a space we talk about NFTs, we talk about blockchain. It's areas that we're hearing a lot about in tech land and startup land, especially within the online gaming space. But I don't know how well it is understood. So let's start by turning it over to you. And if we can ask for that extra detail about, you know, blockchain technology, what the business uses, NFTs, and how it all works for the business. Yeah, so why NFTs are so important for gaming is because for decades now, gamers have not had control of their assets within game. So what I mean by that is like, if we go back to World of Warcraft days, people had gold, but they didn't have the ability to sell that gold. And when you're talking about spending, you know, hours and hours and hours a day grinding to get this gold, you want the ability to be able to sell that for monetary gain, or if you want to leave the game and you've got a whole bunch of resources that you want to sell, it's just never been possible. And so with NFTs and verifiable ownership of assets, it's on the blockchain. And so what we've done and what a lot of games are doing now is allowing their players to actually sell these assets. And so if you think even in terms of like Fortnite, you hear about parents going, oh my God, my son has spent like $10,000 on all these assets and you know they're worthless. Imagine if you could then go and sell them and even make profit on them. Then mom and dad might not be so upset. It's still hours that I used to spend on Warcraft um, that I think they can't get back, but I love the yeah. idea. I guess for me, the first thing that I, I question there is, is around regulation. So maybe can you tap into a bit about that side? Sure. So we're trying to be as transparent and with the regulators, certainly in Australia and worldwide. But the fact is that we're a DAO, which is essentially a decentralized autonomous organization. And what that means is there's no corporation, there's no company and so a DAO has not been regulated yet. And our legal team is really at the forefront of this and speaking directly with the SEC and all these entities that are trying to figure out what actually are these organizations. Like us personally, we've got 140 contributors is what we call them, not employees, contributors from 30 different countries all around the world. And, you know, I've only met 5% of the people that are on my team. And if you think about that, it's like, how do you regulate that? Like, who are we policing? You know, and so definitely we want to be a part of it as soon as it is, you know, somewhat regulated and deemed, you know, this is the requirements that you need to go through. But right now it's such a gray area because it just hasn't been defined. 
Yeah, and we do see that sometimes a lot in the online space. It takes a few years to start to have regulation catch up. Think about that in the buy now, pay later space is one of several areas. Yeah, I guess I'm curious as well from an investor standpoint, I can appreciate how you make money in the game, but for you guys, how do you as a business get your revenue? So the Dow has a treasury and the treasury holds tokens. And so the way that we've set up the game structure is basically 100% of all revenues go back to the people that are staked in the protocol. So any investor can reap the rewards. You don't even need to be a player. Any in-game purchases, skins, enhancements, shards, all of the things that are revenue generators go back to the people that are staked. Now, we as a treasury are also staked. So we have around about 11% of the total token holding. So you can assume that 11% of the revenues are going to go back into our treasury. And then we can use that to pay these core contributors around the world. Interesting. And what is that geographic footprint that you have? Or thinking of, is it a matter of you can go global with this immediately or you start in one market? No, I mean, gaming's a, a very much a global market. It's kind of, you end up where you end up. And a lot of the current NFT games, you know, we're set to give 800 million out in in-game yield. So that's just for playing the game. And we're literally seeing people in the Philippines. It's mainly coming out of Southeast Asia at the moment, but it's about to spread to like Africa, South America, where people are quitting their jobs to play games now and they're making more. So the market is really global, like completely global. So Kieran, do you see it more in the emerging markets? Like, cause I, I don't know, I don't see myself quitting my job anytime soon and going and gaming as fun as it sounds, but is that where you see as though there's some dynamics at play that drive that from an industry standpoint? So with the games that are available now, hundred percent, right? Like me personally, do I need to go and play a game to make, you know, $30 a day? No, I don't. I'm fortunate enough to be in a country and have a job where I don't need to do that. Our target market with the type of game that we're creating is what you call a AAA game, very similar to your League of Legends, World of Warcraft, Fortnite. There's none of these games that exist yet. And so our market is definitely North Americans, Koreans, Chinese that are proper gamers. They're not playing to earn, but it's just a bonus on top. And so... Yes, it is right now emerging markets, but as bigger and better games start entering the space, it's just inevitable that you're going to see the non-emerging markets, the very established markets start tapping into this as well. It's Mm. just that there isn't any sort of gaming title that they're interested in yet. Yeah. Yeah. One of the stocks I used to cover was aristocrat and digital gaming, as well as you mentioned, and understanding and evolving and their main market was the US. So I can see how you have that thought going forward. How do you reach your customers? What's that go-to-market strategy? It's very much on Discord, which is crazy, right? We've got 200,000 that are on our Discord. And from traditional markets, you'd think it's the Wild West, right? It's not your Twitter, it's not your Instagram, it's not your Facebook. It's literally this community of people that join 
I used to moderate it. Like I used to be one of the people and now it's gotten so crazy in there that I like step in every now and again. And I'm like, Hey guys, what are you chatting about? But it's just a world in its own. It's like, have to give away anything to the Apple store or, you know, in your downloads. It's not those traditional means. Okay. No, you know, it's completely decentralized. So we don't have a single corporate entity that we rely on. It's all this permissionless and trustless, anonymous. We don't know who our players are. We don't know who is literally in our community unless, you know, they want to, they have the ability to register. And we've had like, half a million registrations on email. So it, it does exist, but it's very much anonymous, which is, it's crazy. Oh, interesting. We'll move on to now, just thinking about the market as a whole. Have you identified at all who you see as your addressable market? So for example, you mentioned it's global, but do you think it is a cohort of younger players or older players? Have you started to see any segmentation? Well, again, the gaming market, globally is 2.8 billion and it's growing. And the craziest thing is that's true gamers. That's what I was talking about with your World of Warcraft players and Fortnite and whatever. But there's these emerging markets that have never gamed before. They were driving a taxi or they had a construction job or something. And now they're like, well, I don't even know how to game, but I'm going to start gaming because I'm making money. And so The addressable market is literally anyone in the world. It's insane. Yeah. I think back when I covered gaming for a while there, I think we looked at it at about 30 bill, which is super interesting. I might move on to the competitive landscape. Who are your competitors and how do you stop others from coming in? You don't. You absolutely don't. You embrace it. And right now, our competitors, the biggest one is Axie Infinity, and they're worth $40 billion dollars which is when you think about that, it's just ridiculous. And this is a 2D game that in mainstream, there's hundreds of them that are very, very similar. It's a super simple gameplay. It's a card game, basically. And it's literally worth $40 billion. And so they're our competitors now. And so right for me, I'm an investor in the space as well. And and there's a bunch of AAA games that are building in stealth mode. But in gaming, there's a space for everyone, really. Like there's indie, there's AAA, there's, you know, just beginners out there who are making games. Like you look at Flappy Bird, for example. Someone just came to me and said, hey, we're building the crypto of Flappy Bird. And I was like, wow, that game had 100 million players at one point every single day. And so, yeah, like you just can't sit there and go, we're trying to destroy our competitors like a normal Mm. like apple versus microsoft situation it's more just you just embrace it and the more gamers we get into this space the better it is for everyone do you think kieran that some of the existing players that have those well-known franchises like the fortnite that you mentioned do you foresee them having an arm that is in game you know monetization for lack of a better word do you see them evolving to have that offering to capture that segment of the market yeah i do but it's funny right like i make this joke all the time and i'm like okay let's say one of fortnite's execs goes into the boardroom and says, hey, guys, I've got a great idea. Let's give 100% of our revenues back to the players. 
And, (laughs) you know, it's going to go down like a lead balloon. And so there's this understanding when you come from the crypto native background that I do, I get it, right? It makes sense to me. You empower the community and you see the results, right? Like we're valued at something like $8 billion at the moment and our game is not even out yet. For a a Fortnite or, you know, an Epic, a Blizzard, an Activision to get to this space, they will have to eventually, but it's such a foreign and opaque system that I think it's going to take a long, long while. Mm. What I do think is going to happen though is people within these organizations, and I'm already speaking to them, I'm already invested in a lot of projects that are doing this, are going to start peeling off because they know that once there's games in crypto where you've got this verifiable ownership of assets and someone creates the new Fortnite where they can actually sell their skins instead of them being kept in this vault of corporate just greed, they're going to go, well, we don't want that. And at the end of the day, the players are the reason that these corporations are so large. And if these players start shifting over to saying, we demand this, it's inevitable that they will obviously move over with that. But how long that takes, I don't know. It's interesting evolution. We'll watch this crystal ball. Let's move on to some of the unit economics. We've got a bit of a revenue model and it kind of working from that treasury base. What do you see as, you know, your biggest input cost right now, probably R&D? Do you think it's always going to have to be R&D or is there also the element of user acquisition? Yeah, how do I think about those splits? Yeah, for us right now, it is user acquisition. We're, We're always looking to partner with large influencers, large corporations. Like we're talking, probably shouldn't mention the names yet. We've got to confirm them. But yeah, we're like a traditional game would do. There's a huge amount of R&D. There's a huge amount of team costs. Like we're up to something like 1.8 million per month in wages now. We just got over Scott McCarthy, who was the marketing director of Twitch. And basically he launched PlayStation back in the day, PlayStation 4. And we just gave him a budget of like 25 million to go and market the game. And so, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we need to pay for. But yeah, R&D is definitely up there. And then just a question around M&A, we've seen some of the larger listed players grow into the space around M&A component. So I guess I'm wondering, do you foresee that as an area that you have to grow? Is there an element of scales that work for your unit economics? Yes and no. Like we're pretty much looking to do this organically ourselves, but do I think that there's going to be a situation where a blockchain gaming company gets so large and gets acquired by a Ubisoft or whatever, that's probably a smart move for them, right? Because it's so complex in terms of being able to actually understand like the underlying mechanics of DeFi in general, but then going to an even deeper level gaming inside DeFi that I think... Yeah, it would make sense for someone to acquire a crypto company. Would they do it? I mean, like, as I said, we're nearly valued at $10 billion. That's a very, very, very expensive acquisition. So um, I don't know. It's an interesting question. I've never had that one before. 
I'm glad we threw that one at you. And then let's think about the next, say, 12 months. What are the steps for you guys? I know you're in the development phase. How should we think about your growth profile? Yeah, so the reason why I've had basically three hours sleep for the last month in a row is (laughs) is, uh, we are gunning towards a gameplay trailer that is going to rival the likes of your blizzards and yeah, you know, your fortnights and, and whatever. And this is the first time that we have showcased our gameplay in gaming. There's been so many examples of just this hype machine, right? And people, who are true gamers have been burnt so many times before that people are literally sitting there. And I mean, I play this, I play this demo literally every single day. And so I know it's real, but you look at even in our discord, our Twitter and whatever people are are like, these graphics look almost too good to be true. Like, can you actually deliver it with gameplay? And we're about to showcase to the world that yes, we can do that. And so that's what I'm most excited about. And then moving on from that, we have our land sale, which is just a whole nother kettle of fish. That's digital land, which to be honest, there's multiple, multiple games that have plots of land that go for more than even Sydney's land prices, which is ridiculous to That's say. But to understand. <laughs> I sold a plot once for 38K US that I held for literally, I think I was holding it for like three months, right? Which is just insane. But yeah, our open beta is going to launch early next year in Q1. Mm -hmm. And so that's obviously the biggest thing that we have coming in terms of like the actual playing of the game. Mm -hmm. But in terms of what investors should be excited about. And I think why our token prices is going up the way that it is right now is because people know that we're about to drop this trailer that's three and a half minutes long and showcases all of Alluvium. And all of those people that have been waiting on the sidelines are kind of like, ooh, we better, might have to hedge our bets here. Not financial (laughs) advice, but that's just what I think is happening. Good verification. And lastly, if people do want to jump online and have a check out of it, where do they go? So you can register on our website, which is alluvium.io. From there, you can see all of our social links, but I implore people to go to our Discord, right? We're constantly leaking our artwork, our gameplay, all of that kind of stuff. So if you're interested in getting involved, Discord is definitely the place to start. Great. Well, Kieran Warwick, founder of Blockchain Gaming Disruptor, Alluvium Games. I can't wait to see how this transpires over the next couple of months. So we'll circle around and check in again next year, if not before. Thanks so much, Elise.